Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are warned that the following recordings may contain the sounds and voices of deceased persons. Conversations on Country is a series of diverse stories of place and being of the Gumbangia, Jangati, Biripai and Waramai nations. 26th of November 1955, my siblings were taken from my mother. Jen was um, five, Pete was four, Bet was three, and Jude was the baby. She was never to see any of them again except my eldest sister who came home when she was 18. Arnie Margot, um, I come from Kruwa. Kruwa's my hometown. I'm here to tell my story about finding my siblings. Growing up in Kruwa, I knew I had a family, other siblings. Mum and Dad never ever spoke of them, not to me anyway. Actually, I found my brother through a family friend who lived in Sydney and uh, he used to go to a hotel at um, Randwick. And he must have knew the family story. So he'd said to my older cousin, um, she told me that he'd seen this gentleman in the pub playing cards. So he said to me, write a letter, he said, and I'll take it back with me and I'll give it to him when I see him, if I see him again at the hotel. So at first I was a bit hesitant because I thought, no, what if it's not? And then I thought, well, what have I got to lose? And then I wrote that letter and a couple of months went by and we were going to Queensland on holidays and the phone rang and it was my brother, midnight it was, and after he'd gone home, I think after he received the letter and he just said, oh my God, he said, I thought you were all dead. That's all he kept on saying. So I went down to Sydney and he, we went to the stables and he came out and passed me his birth certificate and he said, this is me born on the cruel mission. And um, after that, I think I went to Sydney every weekend <laughs> to, to spend time with him. And then I was told about the organisation called Link Up. So I got in touch with the Link Up and they found my sister, Bet. And um, I wanted to find two sisters actually, but the laws weren't passed in New South Wales, only Victoria, for adoptions. So we couldn't find my other sister, Jude. But Link up found Bet and um, they gave me two phone numbers to ring. One was the people that she had been living with and one was where she was staying at the time. And I thought um, I'll give the first number, the people that she was staying with, to see if they can tell me anything about my sister. So they said, oh, there's nothing much we can tell you about her, but we can tell you she, she's she got a boyfriend who's a cripple. 
And I thought, oh, my God, you know, like that that really, I thought that's bad, you know, that's terrible because what did it matter if he was a cripple or whichever? They, they just seemed really cold. So I'd rang the other number and it was my sister who was staying with a Greek family in Annandale in Sydney. And we went straight down. We didn't arrive to Sydney until midnight. So we went there. They welcomed us in and my sister sat on the floor beside me, holding my leg. And she said, oh, my sister, she said, now I've found you. I'm never going to let you go. She said to me, my sister, they were cruel to me. They were very cruel to me. So that explained to me the way they spoke to me about a boyfriend and whatever, they seemed very cold. Well, it wasn't. A couple of weeks later, she wanted to come home with us. So she came home after a, a while at home, she'd, she'd met a, a gentleman who she spent 14 years with later on, but they decided that she wanted to have kids. She loved kids. But we found out that she couldn't have any kids because the other people had put her in hospital and had her tubes done so she couldn't have any children. She passed away in 2003, I think it was. But she got to spend, I think, 14 years with us before she passed. And then Link Up. I had a call from Cindy from Link Up, and my files had been sitting for, for a while. Anyway, Cindy from LinkUp gave me a call and uh, she said, um, I noticed your file's been sitting here a while. She said, um, do you want me to still carry on and find your other sister? So I said, yes, please. So it wasn't long later. It didn't take long, it a couple of weeks, and uh, they went to the register and put my name on the register looking for family, and here was my sister's name already on the register looking for family. So it was, and she only lived at Curry, not far from where I lived all her life. And um, oh, I got all nervous. I thought, oh my God, the founder, you know, I got all nervous and I thought, um, what am I gonna say, you know? And, Whatever they said, oh, don't worry, she's she's a good speaker. She likes to talk, so you'll be fine. So that day we went, I rang her, and uh, we'd gone up to... Her and her husband had the Cessnock Hospital shop at the time, so we met at the shop and uh, had lunch. And that weather, yes. So she said to me, she said, who do I look like? Then I said, well, you look a bit like everybody. (laughs) I can see everyone in you, you know. So that was it. 
One sister passed away, Bet had passed away in 2003. My elder sister passed away 2006. And my brother had passed away 2013. So after finding my last sister, she, she didn't get to meet him. So he'd passed away and I had his ashes put with mum's grave on, on the 60th anniversary. I wanted to tell my story because my mother didn't have a voice. She, she, she was very quiet, never spoke much at all. So I felt I, I needed to come out of that and, and speak up and I was always a terrified person going to school who wouldn't speak, you know, and here I was standing in an assembly speaking and I thought, I've got to do this, I've got to do this for mum and dad and tell their story. It's, it's helped me a lot since I've been telling my story. But, um, yes, I look back and... I'm glad I did to give my mother a voice. My journey. Your hearts were broken the day the welfare came. Things would never be the same. You suffered in silence, never speaking a word. Hearing you cry, that's what I heard. Never thought this day would come when I'd find my family one by one. Jenny was the first to come home. The big car pulled up. Jenny stepped out. What are they looking at? She started to cry with tears in her eyes. The last time she was home, she was only five. Jenny had a daughter later in life. Tammy is her name, the love of her life. My journey started in 85 when my brother didn't know if we were dead or alive. How excited we were the first time we met as he passed me his birth certificate. I remember seeing Sister Jen at a picnic day, standing behind a pylon looking my way. We would look at each other and would smile because we hadn't seen each other in a while. Sister Bet, she came next. What a cruel family they were to her. They would lock her out the door in the pouring rain. Thank God Chrissy came. Come with me, we'll take care of you, because we know what you're going through. It wasn't until Linkup gave her a call she knew she had a family after all. We met for the first time at midnight when she sat on the floor and held my leg tight. I'll never let you go, she said to me. They should have been charged with cruelty. Aim she came to stay until the day she sadly passed away. Cindy from Linkup rang. I've come across your file and I noticed it's been sitting here a while. This is your only sister left. Leave it with me and I'll do my best. I wish my sisters were here that day when Link Up rang to say they found our sister not living far away. My heart started beating fast. I didn't know what to say. Is this really true? Is this really you? 
Well, the rest is history, and here we are today, telling our story of being taken away. Conversations on Country is proudly brought to you by SBS and Saltwater Freshwater Arts Alliance and was recorded on Gumbangir, Dangati, Biripai and Waramai land. Our storyteller for this episode was proud Waramai woman, Auntie Margaret Bevan. Theme music was recorded by Grow the Music with Carrie Munro-Greentree on guitar and Ben Ferguson on didgeridoo. Special thanks also to Maddie Whitford. Production of this podcast series was by Simon Portis and Liz Keane from Headline Productions, with additional production by Maddie Whitford. A big thank you also to the Murabai Aboriginal Language and Culture Cooperative for their guidance. I'm Michael Jarrett. Darundang.